Well, welcome, Kim. <laughs> it's Unexplained Oregon. It's Unexplained Oregon, and it's Halloween weekend. Ooh. It's been an interesting weekend, for sure, and I'm so glad to um, to be with you today, And because we were talking before we hit the record button that this is the weirdest weekend, right? Because... Very strange. Very there strange. There is the blue moon. Yes. Did you get outside and look at it? I I have to say that I peeked out my window last night because I'm glad one of us did. I didn't even look. Like I I looked out, but I didn't. I didn't go outside. It's the cool thing, and and we I did a little bit of like reading into the blue moon, and I wouldn't have even known honestly had Dave not mentioned that it's a blue moon and that it's also a hunter's moon. Oh. And I don't remember what he said about the Hunter's Moon, to be honest, but he's really into like that kind of stuff. A lot, actually, a lot of people that I know are into the moon cycle. Yeah. Well, I know it just seems like every time there is a full moon, like weird stuff happens. Yeah. Weird, weird behaviors and crap but, happens at work and it's just, it yeah. is strange and I don't know if, if even I can tie it into full moon but it always seems to happen when there's a full moon out it's like oh my gosh there well, you go well and apparently it really makes a difference in like you know somebody said to me that it makes sense because of like the tides and how also this was really cool I had never heard this but like we are made up our you know the human body is made up of a lot of water Mm -hmm. and so it would make sense that the moon would impact us also if it impacts like the tides yeah so i have a lot of friends who really pay attention to like the cycle of the moon in terms of like their cycles and then also like their moods and i'm like yeah i gotta get on that that train but i just haven't yet i do but too I, I just need yeah. to <laughs> look into it Stop <laughs> we need to actually look outside i know when there's <laughs> a good start would be going outside going when you outside. know there's a blue moon i'll do that exactly i think it's been like three years since the last one right we'll have to, i don't i'm not sure i think it's been a good it, time since the last blue moon. Well, I don't know when the last blue one was, but I know that this one I think was important because it's visible in all time zones. So at every everywhere in the you know time zone, the United States, yeah, you could see the blue moon, which our time changed, right? I we know. just so that That's so true that work. How does that warp your mind? Which was really nice. I woke up this morning at 4.45, you know, my internal clock going and uh, looked at the clock and then I realized, I think it was around seven o'clock, I realized, oh, wow, (laughs) I have an extra hour. Yeah. (laughs) So it was kind of nice. I love it. My husband hates it. He just, he really likes, uh, well, he just hates that it turns dark outside at five o'clock. You know, I know, yeah. but it already kind of was, yeah. it was already starting to get dark early. It kind of, you know, but yeah, now around five, it's going to be dark, which is so strange. And some people think we need to get rid of the time zone change or not the time zone, but the time change that it's outdated Yeah, and that we shouldn't be doing it anymore. 
I think there might be some laws that are trying to be passed around it because I saw that going around the internet. Like, mm, did Oregon make it so that you don't have to have a time change? So I think that's probably eventually going to happen where it's just not necessary anymore for us to do. I've heard different things like it has to do with farming. The econ- did I right, maybe it yeah, started with Yeah, they initially with started with the farming, yeah. I heard. Yeah. yeah. Interesting, interesting. So, yeah, I had a good night. I didn't, uh, it was so funny because I was just so torn about the trick-or-treaters and <laughs> it just was so hard. I actually bought two bags of candy. <laughs> They're freaking expensive, man. They are so expensive. My God, I spent like 20 bucks on two small bags of candy and just thinking oh I in the back of my head I knew I wasn't going to turn my light on I don't even know why I bought the candy but I did and I ended up not turning my light on and we had a pretty quiet night I think a lot I looked I did look out the window none of my neighbors had their light on my parents I had already talked to my mom don't turn your light on you know I should have put a bowl out there or done some kind of treat bag there were a lot of treat bags going on in our little community like little Mm -hmm. stations that kid could just walk up to I should have done that maybe next year yeah how was your neighborhood well I I bought a bunch of candy and then I it's sitting on my counter right now I was already I had my lights on and everything because I wasn't sure and so I was gonna put a bowl out and just see who showed up with like a little sign that said take one yeah and nobody, not one trick-or-treater. Not one. That's so crazy. But yeah. good. I mean, it's good. People are being safe. They're taking, you know, that caution. They're taking it seriously. So I think times are changing. I know in our little area, the fire station did like a, you could drive your car through with your kids. So I think that was a big Aww. hit. So, I mean, times are changing. You're, I feel I'm just so, Brian and I were talking where I'm so glad our kids are grown and that we don't really have to worry about all those little traditions that we were so, like, obsessed with when we had I littles. know, like the costumes. Yeah. And I was such a grumpy mom. Really? You, I, oh my gosh. I bet if my kid, if we asked my kids, they would say that I hated it. Yeah. Because number one, I wanted to get, the only reason I liked Halloween as a mom, a mom of young kids was so that I could get to Thanksgiving and Christmas. Like I love the holidays and I love that the, the fall and Halloween kind of like you know, is the start of the holidays. And I love like the change of the season and the crispy leaves. And I like it after you figure out the costumes and you get your kids home and like, they've got their candy spread all out and you're like, okay, we're done. Yeah. But the getting to that with the costumes of three kids. You're so funny. I know. And I was thinking about this I mean, times are changing. When we were little, we didn't have, like, Spirit Halloween store and open, you know, two months before the holiday. And I think for... uh, Or Amazon. Exactly. I think for the first few years, I was always a princess because my mom would take (laughs) tinfoil. She'd take tinfoil from the kitchen and make me a little crown and then she'd put dots on my face for makeup and say, bye, you're a princess. I mean, that literally was my costume. 
So I remember like probably around 11, I started having like FOMO about costume. I get, you know, like I, I started having like, what am I going to be? Or I want I wanted a cool costume, right? I didn't want the yeah. tin foil on my head anymore. And, uh, so I think when I had littles, man, I don't think there was ever a Halloween we went into where the kids didn't know what they were going to be a month yeah. before sure. Halloween. I mean, we were like yeah. prepared. You're going to be this. It's going to be kick ass. And I think it's because as a child, I did have a little bit of, oh, I want a cool costume. <laughs> Well, I can remember I told, I think, uh, Lily, one of my daughters, I, I told her about my garbage bag uh, punk rock outfit. Okay, yeah. So there was like a time period where wearing like a black garbage bag as like your leathery looking outfit and you put like a belt around it. Nice. So I think, yeah, Kim, you and I were probably friends when this was going down, but for some reason you were I don't maybe remember you knew about the garbage it. Bag. You were like, I'm not hanging out yeah. with Christine. This I want weekend. a costume, but it's not going to be a I want fucking a real. You bag. were getting your real costume at this point. I was still using yeah. like the makeshift, but um, anyway, good idea, people. It you can recycle your old garbage bags. Just use I like them it. as your leather like dress thing and put a belt around it. And I don't know, we didn't didn't have much money. Yeah, you know. That's the thing, and I'm totally with you, like, coming up with costumes that maybe you could reuse again. Like, that's what I tried to do with my kids, change who was being what. You know, we had, like, our bins of dress-up that we used. But it was stressful. People get into it. It wasn't fun. Yeah. Yeah. People do get into it. Uh, I'm just glad we are... Not there anymore. Through that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. My daughter still dresses up. She's away at My college. My daughter dressed up last <laughs> yeah. night, too, for, at college because it's so fun, right? Right. I, yeah. So I'm glad that they're still dressing up, actually. And they I'm probably they went outside and looked at the moon, too, you know, knowing them. So I, I'm glad my kids aren't too scarred that they still want to dress up. Yeah. So We did something, right? <laughs> we did something. I stayed home and watched movies with one of my daughters last night, Maya. I'm so glad she was here. We got, like, really um, unhealthy food. Oh, good. But I made, like, a really yummy pumpkin dip, and we got crumble cookie, and we just watched two random movies on Netflix that neither one of us had seen. Pumpkin dip. Do you put, like, cream cheese in that? or It's supposed to be cream cheese, but I put... Uh, Greek yogurt in it and it was really good and powdered sugar and then do you eat it with like a cracker or a you can do graham crackers or apple honey crisp apples are my favorites that sounds really good yeah it was really good yum so what did you watch I trust I don't think I watched really anything scary last night I couldn't find anything that was just like I want to be scared. So did you find something good? Well, it was a toss-up between, like, going classic with, like, Halloween or Friday the 13th, which I don't know that Maya has seen any of those, but we ended up with one called His House, oh, which is on Netflix right now. Oh, yay. And I don't want to tell you a lot about it. It is definitely, like, a ghosty, thrillery 
kind of a different movie than what we would normally watch, but it did make me kind of wonder. And there were definitely like scenes in it that were scary. Um, I wouldn't watch it if like you're afraid of like ghost stuff. Okay. But Kim, I think you'll like it. Awesome. His house. And it's called His House. It's on Netflix. And then we watched one called Cadaver, which is also on Netflix. And it is a Norwegian movie. Actually, um, His House, I think, was probably filmed in, like, England. So it's not... And so um, is Cadaver a little bit more blood and guts for me? Definitely. Hence the name. It's definitely horror. Awesome. It was kind of a good little mix, very different movies, and Cadaver was in, um, what's it called when it's like, there's, it's, it's in another language, but the, they've got like voiceovers on it. Oh, like, Um, did it have subtitles? The whole? Subtitles, but also like, what's it called when it's a, it's like, there's other actors that talk, gosh, oh my gosh, Kim. Yeah, it's it's a voiceover, whatever it is. And it was actually done really well. There's a lot on Netflix right now where you can, a lot from other countries. So you can watch, okay. you know, watch, but the the voices do not match up with the lips. And it's really oh, hilarious. Yeah, I can't stand that. <laughs> but this shows, uh, this movie is actually really good. Okay, and it's also, it. it's also pretty like horror based. Okay. So, and then the, also on Netflix... You saw that the next season of Unsolved Mysteries came out, right? Yeah. I mean, how have we not talked about this? I think it was after we recorded last that the next season came out that week. So we haven't had a chance to really talk about it, but oh my gosh. Yeah. I still need to go back and really watch it, but... um... Yeah, it's definitely another season worth watching. Kudos to them. They're doing really good with it. What do you think about it? Which one grabbed your attention? I need to go back and watch the Japanese one better. Yeah. Because I think that's a ghosty. Is that some kind of ghost? Yes. Okay, so definitely yeah. I will need to go back and watch that one. Um, it's so good. It was so intriguing to me that, like, I my brain is so stuck in, like, my own... Um, lens of how I see the world and then like as you and I do different um, recordings on like even like when we did Sasquatch how different parts of the world have like legends and myths and how they see things to think about what people and other parts of the country experience after a tsunami and like based on their belief system yeah is how they see ghosts or loved ones or whatever it's it was a really great episode and there there's one on there about um two missing kids have you watched that one yes that um was that in uh gosh i want to say harlem or something or are we talking about it was the last story right the two little african oh my gosh that was so sad and heartbreaking um well, what's scary about that was in that second case that they covered, the little boy was actually playing with two other kids. Did you see that part? Yes. So they think maybe, I mean, right there, I thought he was lured away by those other kids. And it was some kind of ring or something. Oh, it was so But they scary. proved that it wasn't. Oh, they did? 
Yeah, okay, see, it was I need not... to go back and watch. And I need to find out where it was at. Do you know where it was at? I it was see... on the East Coast. It yeah. was definitely a big city. I can't remember. I'm look, trying to look it up right now. But I, I know that the whole season was really good. Like, again, just kind of there's a, there's an episode of a a mom or a woman that just goes missing also like from her church parking lot. Mm -hmm. And I've done, I've gone down the rabbit hole on Reddit with her story and sort of more, of course, Unsolved Mysteries can't cover every little detail of all of these cases. But if you go on Reddit, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, both seasons of Unsolved Mysteries are definitely worth watching. Really popular right now. Really just done so well. And um, it's fun to just kind of go and Google and find out more information behind the scenes of it. Because it's such, I think both seasons are just really good. Yeah. Awesome. So, Yeah. (laughs) I want to talk about one quick thing, Kim, because we before what? we started recording, we were talking about what we've been doing, and I am <laughs> so, like, you really inspire me and make me really, like, aware of what I do with my free time, Aww. which... And I love the fact that you are always like knee deep in some kind of a craft project. Every time I talk with you, we Marco Polo all throughout the week, you are doing some kind of painting, some kind of crafting dip and dot project that you got me started on knitting (laughs) making me a hat with cross stitch yes i'm Um, almost done cross stitching and and your latest my latest revamp (laughs) obsession (laughs) obsession from eighth grade sixth grade third grade grade. really third grade eight years old and i love stickers so i (laughs) you know i was just sitting there one day it's so funny and i I thought, I'm not really a collector of anything. I don't have, I've never really collected anything, you know? And mm-hmm. uh, so I was thinking, what is something that made me happy when I was little? And stickers, man. <laughs> For I hours, I had this friend, uh, and she knows who she is. I'm pretty sure she's listening right now. And... We would trade stickers for hours and uh, go to the store and buy stickers. And anyway, so I started collecting stickers again, peeps. And I have another friend I mentioned it to, and I got her going on it. So we're actually, like, trading stickers. We call it the Sticker Club. The one rule about Sticker Club is to talk about Sticker Club because you love stickers. Okay, so um, how do I get in on Sticker Club? Because when you showed me all your stickers on Marco Polo, I first off, I want to just acknowledge Kim has various different subtopics and topics of her stickers. Like yes, there's I've a organized section. Yes, I have a horror section, which those just came the other day. I have a hippie section. I have an adventure section. I have just anything you can think of, dogs, cats. And really, what you need to do, Christine, is just buy an album and buy some stickers and then just start collecting them and organizing. Okay. That's what you need okay. to do. And then okay. we've even thought about, uh, my friend and I that started this, we've thought about sending each other like five stickers a month. We'll choose a theme and then I'll send you, hey, send me five horror stickers this month. And then you're going to send five horror stickers to this person. And so you'll always get, you know, some stickers. And it's just fun. And everywhere you go, there are stickers. Okay? Next time you go to the store, 
go and you will see anywhere you go there are stickers. (laughs) So it's kind of fun to just get them. And when you're bored and drinking your coffee, get your album out and organize them. I have like a photo album with the sticky pages, you know, where you peel back. That's what we used to have. Yeah, just like we used to do. Yeah. And put them all in there and organize them. It's kind of but fun. But you don't stick them in there. You just stick them. I put the actual... sticker in there because we want to trade, right? You want to okay. say, oh, well, I, I want this. I'll give you this for this. So <laughs> I know. It's... I'm an eight-year-old eight girl again with my stickers, and I don't care. Like, uh, it's fun. It's Well, it's I fun. remember doing it when we were younger, and I when I saw your Marco Polo about it, I was like, it just was nostalgic to yes. see. Yes. So I might be doing that. Yes. I might be doing Sticker it. Club we'll see. I'll keep you posted. <laughs> and so what are you collecting out there? Do you have anything? You're a plant collector, though. Like the last time I was at your house, I have to yeah. say I came back and I don't have any plants going on because my house is dark. And, yeah. I, and my little kitties like to eat whatever plant I put out. So mm-hmm. I have to be very careful. I have some succulents going in my kitchen, but other than that, I can't, but I really liked what you did when you hung, like you had those pretty hanging ones and you just took it and hung it on your um, curtain rod yeah, right there. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, I'm going to go do that. It really inspired me. So are you still, how are they hanging in there? All your plants? Are you still collecting? I have not bought one for a little while, but I've kind of toned that down, kind of stopped following some of the Facebook groups I was on but because it's become like quite a chore to water them and like take care of them and feed them which I don't really do very well and also there's like little gnats on them and there's also like my friend who came over who's like my plant expert friend she came in and went right to one of my plants and found like little spider mites on them you're like oh great thanks I know she's like the plant whisper and she comes in my room and she's psychic also because she knew where the plant spider bugs were and she went right to the plant and was like talking I'm not she's not psychic, but like she came in and she went right to the plant and she was like there's a spider mite and she like found it and pointed to it and it's this little black thing on my plant tiny like, tiny little bug a little black one and you could see it moving around and I was like this has been on here and I didn't even know it and then she said don't bring any plants home from anywhere unless you look at everything on the leaves Do and not so what are you looking for are you looking for mites? a little bug moving like a little black spider mite or spots or and I had even taken this plant back to the store they sprayed it down for me they told me there was nothing on it and I'm it must have been there must have been something on it and the plant's alive it's got new growth nothing's dying because of them but what happens is the spider mites get on your other plants and can cause problems on your other plants so I had to spray it down with neem oil which smells really gross oh my and they hide underneath the leaf when they smell the neem oil. And I'm like, I don't have time for this. Just let I them just live. Want... Just let the spiders live. <laughs> you Gosh. know, they're, they're, they're creatures too. Don't you think? Like, 
I, too much I don't know. So to wrap things up, my plants are looking great oh, for the most part. I can't keep a fern alive, although my mother-in-law just gave me two of her ferns to babysit. I will let you know I've had them for about a month and they're all still alive. Two of them are out of the two. So two for two. So she's gone and she she said, take these plants while she I'm gone? She trusts me with her ferns. That's and I had crazy. to send her a warning and say, I kill all ferns. But they're still alive, Kim. Good. So anyway, that's that's my plant. They're alive. Also, you can find a lot of plants that like darker rooms. Most plants actually do pretty well. They don't need direct sunlight. Okay, they need maybe that's filtered where need light. They need, um, you know, so. Yeah, you don't have to have a really great lit room to have plants. A lot of mine don't get a lot of light. Oh, and they do great. good to yeah. know. Okay, yay, yeah. thanks. So we have to um, mention also one big event coming up. Um, one which big is scary the, event. One big scary event, <laughs> which was tie it in with Halloween. Halloween. <laughs> but the election, yes. we, we want to talk about it because I'm wearing my shirt today, Kim. That Come says out. vote. Yes. I see you. Um, I am worried about this week, and we want to just put that out there that if you can and you haven't yet, please get out and vote. Every vote counts. Well, whoever Let's you vote it. for, it just it doesn't matter. We don't have we're not passing any judgment. No, out loud, but right. Get out there, and that's you know that's how we get our voices heard is through voting. I've heard it's been difficult for some right i i we have a friend from high school and she's a loyal listener and she actually resided in new york for years and recently moved back to oregon right and she had filed for her absentee ballot a couple times and actually she ended up she tested us she actually had to fly back to new york this week just to vote because her absentee ballot was showing not even uh, being registered or applied for, right? Right. So uh, kudos to her for actually taking the time and thank goodness that she had the, you know, means and everything to get back there and get her vote placed, but she did it. And I'm so proud of her, but you know, very inspiring that that, you know, it means enough to someone to get on a plane during COVID <laughs> and right. fly across the country just so they can vote. I mean, I hope that everybody finds it that important and uh, is inspired to vote and get it out there. If you can, like, I mean, just do it. It's it's going to be interesting. And like you said, I'm bracing myself for a very interesting week. It's always yeah. an interesting week. Election week is always interesting. Oh my uh, gosh. Yeah. I don't know. I I'm bracing myself preparing food early going we talked about hitting the grocery store I Kim and definitely I definitely need recording. to do that. Like we need to hit the grocery store this week and just stock up. Not that we are like worried necessarily but Wednesday may be a little bit of a rough day. I hope it's a celebration day personally but um You know, I I am not feeling very confident about the way just the last, yeah. Anyway, I think our energy is thinking about that, right? Like we're thinking about, but I'm super impressed with our friend who I I was like 
blown away when she told me she was going back to the East Coast to be able to vote. It made me like really stop and think about what I've done and am I am I doing my civic responsibilities? Am I um, mindful of all of that? And I was super impressed. And yeah. it's inspiring to see just how people have come out for this election and, and how people have shown up. And I hear there's on- record numbers. I was just watching the news the other day in Texas. They'd already had more votes uh, already counted than total number of votes from that state last year were already accounted for wow. already. Yeah. So, so, I mean, if, if anything, people are out there hopefully and getting heard and, and voting and taking this election mm-hmm. seriously. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's why this, this episode, you know, it's more important than ever that we be doing stuff that's kind of like fun for us to talk about. I mean, it, yeah, it's always creepy and kind of like, you know, it's dark, always sick shit, <laughs> but that's what, what we find that's real we fun people. Like and we know stickers, you do too. Plants and sick yeah, shit. I mean, obviously we're not all that evil because no. we, we do, we like stickers and plants and our kids. Yeah. Yeah. Crafts. Our kids. Uh, but yeah, we definitely do. Uh, talk about some pretty creepy things, but uh, hopefully people are, you're listening to this because you are interested into it as well. I, that's what's great about podcasts. You don't have to listen if you don't want to. Right? Yeah. So yeah. turn it off. I, I find, I just kind of flip through different ones. Yeah. There's so many out there. And, and so um, it, that's the beauty of it. You can find a podcast on anything. And if you find like the style of the podcast, you keep listening. If you don't, you move on. Exactly. And, and you do get like I get tied to the ones that I listen to. I look forward yeah. to hearing their voices. So exactly. hopefully you guys look forward to hearing our voice as well. If you do, please write us a review right now. Like, uh, you know, that's we really need that. Get on there, write us a review. I think, Christine, you said we actually reached 100 <laughs> on our uh, Instagram. We have 100 followers on our Instagram and now 100 followers on our Facebook page, right? Yeah. Which does We have over 100 yeah. on both, and I was, okay, like, like, shocked. That right? is huge to us. I know. <laughs> it's so little, little cheese to everybody else, whatever. But yeah. uh, to us... That is a huge thing because we weren't planning on even, you know, doing this for followers. So the fact that we have 100 people that have taken their time and hit that like button or whatever uh, or followed us on Instagram, it means a lot. It really does. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. It's huge. It's huge to us. So Kim and I were talking about, I wanted to go back and just kind of touch on our um, last episodes, the last two episodes really quickly. After they had um, aired, I was kind of thinking about them. And I know you and I have done this before where, um, you know, we record something and then we either get more information or we read. I, I continue to kind of read and yes. and follow these cases um, because they're important to us. And um, I wanted to go back and, and you thought it was important to, for, to touch base on David Michael Grubbs. Yes. I want to just like acknowledge the fact that there was a portion of the podcast when it aired that I had referred to him as Michael. I didn't, I didn't even catch that. Like, I don't so even. so weird. Like, no, I didn't catch it. You didn't catch it. Matt didn't catch it. And it's really not that big of a deal. I mean, it's his middle name. Yeah. 
But when I, I was like kind of a little bit for a second, a little mortified and I felt kind of bad Aww. about the, the mistake. I know it was the weirdest thing. I was like, why? And I listened like, why am I still calling him this? And I was like, yeah, cringing and how many people are going to notice. And then I kind of thought, I think there was a reason why I kept calling him that. And I'm not really sure if why I was other than I know, I believe his dad's name is Michael. So I was kind of like, I don't know if I was sort of like, maybe his parents had called him that for a little bit. Maybe there was some reason why I felt like calling him Michael for a little bit. And I just wanted to like acknowledge that I knew what his first name was the whole time. I just felt like drawn to Michael for some reason. And then I, and then I must've just gone back to calling him David. So whatever that was about, um, I didn't. Well, I uh, certainly don't think that it, uh, you know, offended anybody or, you know, we, they know that we're doing our best here with this. And I know that the story did affect people because I've gotten a couple of DMs from it, from our listeners that, Mm -hmm. you know, remember the case. And, uh, one of our listeners said she's always, you know, thought how horrific this was she's always remembered this one so it definitely if you haven't listened to that episode on david michael grubbs go back and listen to it it uh yeah like you said once we talk about this you know we do we we throw it out there with each other what we want to talk about then we do all this research and we get going down these rabbit holes and then you and i sit and we talk it out yeah but it doesn't end there because then we still we still think about these people and, uh, you know, we're, they're still part of us. And, uh, so definitely, I certainly don't think anyone was offended that you called him Michael. I, I didn't (laughs) catch it. Yeah. uh, Well, I mean, thanks. Thanks, Kim. It was just kind of like a weird moment for me, but cause I really, really got in, into his story for some reason. Yeah. Some of these stories really hit me a little bit harder than others. Yes. This one hit me and I felt very moved by it after going to where it happened. And it just was very like, yeah, more experiential for me. Like it felt very more, it felt more real. I want to talk about that actually, because, uh, the day that we taped that episode, you actually, uh, went that afternoon with your daughter to the site and uh I got chills when you texted me you know Uh what you saw and and I think you know it's worth mentioning to our listeners after you went to the site now when you went there was there a memorial still was there a memorial set up okay so you went there and then I think you had mentioned that near there, and we didn't know this when we talked about it, there was an actual parking lot, right, that backed yeah. up to where they had found him. And so you and I continued to talk about this case and even thought it would have been very easy for someone to just even be parked there and mm-hmm. waiting for a victim to come up. You yeah. know, at first we thought, you know, I pictured it bike path, desolate, nothing around, maybe someone hiding, practicing on a tree comes up. But, you know, after you had mentioned you saw this parking lot and how it was kind of desolate, but you could have, after being there, you pictured 
you know, more scenarios that could have happened. Tell me about it. Yeah, so exactly everything you just said, because you and I had talked about it more. Um, I had been told by a lot of people that live, like, in, in Ashland and stuff, that it was, like, surprisingly out in the open, and that's what we had talked about and read and um, Maya and I literally like drove up to the parking lot and it was literally, the parking lot was literally in between like an elementary school and the park, Hunter Park, which has like baseball fields and a tennis court. And then the bike path runs there, but the parking lot, you literally can drive from a neighborhood into the parking lot hmm. and we got out of the car and there was his memorial spot, like literally <sighs> across the bike path. So what was strange about it was it was a beautiful Sunday afternoon. It was, you know, probably about, you know, now it, at this point in the month, it's closer to the time of the year. And of course, dark, you know, 530, it was almost dark. So when we were there, it was like 430. It was sunny. People were walking around. People were in the tennis courts. But yet we were the one of the only cars parked in the parking lot. It was also strangely like desolate and Uh isolated too. And And like a weird person parked in the parking lot when we were walking around. Like it was this feeling of like both. Like out in the open, yet also private. There wasn't anywhere that this person could have been hiding. Now, I don't know what it was like nine years ago, but really it was, it's the railroad tracks right there. And then across from the railroad tracks were bushes that were fenced in. Okay. So nobody could have been hiding in those. Okay. It was open, it's open. And there's like a utility area that maybe somebody could have been ducked behind. Or someone could have just been in their car, got out of their car and walked up or did and drove he, away. Did he see something that he wasn't yeah. supposed to? Was this just two people or one person that had this planned or, you know, took advantage of this situation? So crazy. It brings chills to my body after we talked about it, after what you it's saw. It's so strange. I mean, I, po- I posted several pictures on Instagram of, of the area. I tried to do one shot down each ends of the bike path. And it so was, the picture get... you caught was beautiful picture, by the way. Yeah. Like, uh, so. I, I, I found it to be like, I mean, I've been up to, you know, I went, we went up to Crater Lake for that case and yeah. checked out the area for that case. But this was different just because it, it just felt, it felt strange to me. Like I tried to picture, I also thought, I wondered if he, and one thing we didn't talk about was, was he wearing headphones? Like, right. Yeah. What, what, what was he doing that maybe somebody would have been able to sneak up? And that was something not mentioned in anything. I mean, when people walk now, Everywhere we go, if I'm out and about, I've got headphones on. Are you on. kidding if I'm me? The, I, I have yeah. them on when I grocery shop, so I don't have yeah. to freaking talk to anybody. Like, yeah. seriously, I have them in all the time. Right. So was he maybe walking home and had, like, his headphones? I don't know. Nine years ago, were people doing that? I don't re- really remember if we were all listening to stuff like we do now. I mean, we always have had, like, stuff we listen to with our headphones. But, like, maybe he didn't hear anybody coming up on him. Sure. Maybe he was – it was twilight. He had walked this route a thousand times. 
who knows, but I just, some different things, Maya and I played out some different scenarios that we thought maybe had occurred just from being at the location. But I can tell you that it seemed out in the open, but also seemed pretty isolated Hmm. too. And I think someone could have left through that parking lot area and gone back into a neighborhood and never been seen. That's what's creepy. Yeah. So... Thanks for bringing that up. I forgot that we had wanted to kind of touch on the scene. I'm so glad, actually, you can go back to these scenes, you know. And I think this is definitely different than the Sammy Bokey one because we don't know what happened to Sammy. He literally just disappeared from that place. We know that David Michael lost his life right there. And so it just makes it so hauntingly more creepy and just for sure sad you know but i thank you so much tell maya thank you for going with (laughs) you i mean this is heavy shit it's 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 heavy it's heavy and i think it did affect you i mean we talked about it for a couple days you held on to it and it did affect you so yeah thank you so much of course i I have one more other little topic that we said we wanted to touch on too. And then I want to get to a listener's story, which is going to end our podcast with what we're actually really talking about today. But, but this has been fun to catch up to, but I want to talk about Lisa and Brandon who were also part of one of our recent episodes. They're the couple that the Arizona um, couple, the Arizona couple that were found in the back of the pickup truck, which by the way, I hope you guys have gone on and looked um, at those photos. I looked at the pictures. <laughs> I was like, yeah. the ones that they took of each other. Holy yeah. crap. What a beautiful couple. So sad. Exactly. And then when you look at those pictures, they look so happy. They have no yeah. idea what's going to happen. And then there's that creepy, weird picture in there that was taken that you can't really tell what it is right like here's this weird Which picture i believe was taken before the that picture of the two of them so you had asked me that and i'm pretty sure from everything i found when i followed up the that photo was a previous okay. photo it's just um, yeah definitely everyone needs to go back and look at brandon and lisa's picture it will um it'll make you think what the hell happened to these people yeah. What so I did a little bit more reading. Good. Of course, like we've talked about just following up, seeing if there's more information out there. And I heard that there was someone that they, well, I read that there was someone they were looking for that was a white male that had been at their apartment like a day or two before their camping trip. And so the police, of course, were looking for this guy. He was like, you know, they had this description of him And he was tall, husky, white, about 40 years old, probably like a lot of dudes in the, you know, the United States. And he was seen having an argument with Brandon at the doorway of their apartment. Oh. So there was also maybe a rumor from her uncle that I read as well, like on a Reddit post that possibly there was someone that was kind of liked um, Lisa, and maybe there was some something like that happening. And then I also got stuck down a rabbit hole of it being tied into like three other potential cases along the West Coast. Okay. That 
I mean, that's kind of linked. I mean, Arizona isn't really, I don't think, considered the West Coast. But, like, they, of course, I think law enforcement's always looking for connections if there's other crimes. And there was a crime not long after Lisa and Brandon. And it was another couple on a beach in, like, Sonoma County in California. And they were found shot in, like, their sleeping bags. God. Um, They found the killer of that person. So I read about that. And then there were two other shootings of along the West coast, random killings, one of a couple that were camping with their dog. And then another one was like a mom and like her daughter hiking that were found off of a trail. And so, um, I'm probably going to keep looking into that to see if there's okay. any more. I mean, they never actually linked any of them, but every one of those cases was they looked into the serial killer, Israel Keys. Uh, and so you and I talked yeah. about him a little bit as maybe covering him and his case and what he did yeah. in a future episode. Needless to say... This case of Lisa and Brandon is still unsolved, and it was still on my mind. And so, of course, I kept reading more and found out more about a potential suspect. Um, again, this there were a lot of campers in the area at the time that the murder happened. Um, and who knows? Somebody uh-huh. could have been out there. Sounds pretty random. May not have been, but anyone could have escaped into that area without a problem. And don't so, forget, whoever did has their friggin' video camera, right? Yeah, yeah. It's so creepy. Uh, yeah. Uh, awesome. So get on there. Get on there and look. Go at those look photos. at our pictures. Listen to that episode Definitely. if you haven't. But we're going to step into. Um, The next part of this, which is um, a reader's story. I'm excited. A listener's story. (laughs) A listener's story. Uh, We got got a story emailed in, and and we thought we would um, kind of end this part of the podcast with um, a reader's, a listener's story. (laughs) A listener's story. (laughs) Thank God they're not reading anything. I can't friggin' write. Thank God I'm not reading very much. I can hardly talk. word. I know. (laughs) I need more coffee. So I'm going to... I'm going to read this, Kim. You awesome. I'm so it. ready. You haven't heard I it. I haven't heard so. it. We've talked about it, but I haven't heard it. So I'm, I'm on the edge of my seat. Okay. So the story is called The Road to an Abandoned Sanitarium. And this is from one of our listeners named Juan. And I just want to give a shout out to Thanks, him Juan. for taking the time to write us. It means a lot. He said, this may be a little too long and I'm sorry, So I have a story to submit, but it's not too incredibly spooky, just kind of strange. And that's okay, right? Dude, we want all stories. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. He said he loves the podcast and everything we put into it. Oh, So thanks, Juan. We really appreciate that. On a Saturday night at 10 p.m., two days before this was written, I had decided with a friend to explore an abandoned sanitarium since the 1950s, which is supposedly near or in the Rogue Valley. I'll keep its location a secret out of the protection of the area, but I've done extensive research beforehand through Reddit, online sites, and Google Earth, along with visiting the spot a week beforehand during the day. 
The information on this place is incredibly scarce, which it is because I've done research and I haven't found anything. Hmm. And one of the only pages I found mentioning it is an Oregon newspaper from 1959, all to say he did, he has this pretty planned out. So it sounds like Juan's done quite a, quite a lot of research um, to find this place. So upon arriving after traveling through a town and down a back road for about a mile, I had intended to hide my vehicle for suspicion that someone who was living nearby or happened to drive down the road might suspect something. I would park it off a turnoff on the back road behind some trees that led to a small, strange open field in the middle of nowhere. I would then walk to the end of the road and through the woods for about a mile until I reached the sanitarium. After going down the dirt road about a quarter of the way, I turned around, my headlights shining at the end of the road upon a large black truck. Its lights were shut off and seemingly deserted. Ready to park, the truck suddenly turned on and quickly began to approach. Panicked, I turned back down the, the back road and reaching the end, turned left away from town in an attempt to make it seem like I had just made the wrong turn. Eventually, about a half mile later, the truck turned somewhere. About 30 minutes later and checking out another spot further away from town but closer to the sanitarium, we found it too sketchy and turned back onto the main road. Again, what appeared to be the same black truck was suddenly behind us. I picked up speed, losing the truck, and turned into a store parking lot as we watched the truck continue down the road but we were unsure if it was the same one at this point. Creepy. Still stupidly curious, I returned to the original road and afraid and unsure if the truck would be back in the field waiting, we drove down the road slowly with the headlights off. My friend illuminating the road with a flashlight. Ooh, that's a good idea. Yeah, creepy. I can picture it. I can picture us. (laughs) Reaching the very end, I wanted to park the vehicle in another hidden spot, so I investigated on foot another turnoff further up the road at the dead end, which sloped down into the woods while my friend waited in the car. Keep in mind, the nearest houses were quite a ways from the road, according to Google Earth. As I walked, I heard crunching like footsteps in the woods, and I turned off my light and listened. A dog somewhere far off in the distance began to bark. Then it stopped. Continuing on a little ways more, I found a good spot to hide the car and ran back up the dirt road after hearing more sounds. Getting back into the car, I explained the situation to my friend, but suddenly, not even 50 feet from the car, a small light appeared behind us and began moving towards the car. Mm. What the fuck? I instantly recognized it as a person, but the strangest part is that as I drove away, the person didn't even stop walking as they realized they couldn't keep up. They just continued to casually move down the road as if taking a stroll. I don't know the intentions of the truck or why it was parked in the corner of the field, and I have no idea where the person came from and why they emerged from the woods at the end of that back road. But either the sanatorium is under some sort of protection or there's something very strange going on nearby. Wow. So Juan says that he has another story 
about the supernatural that he is going or thinking about submitting. One, um, you should submit your story right now, today, for please sure. Please get on. Juan, <laughs> get on. And that. I want to know more because after I read this, where is I this place? Like, like I'm trying to I picture it down there. I can't think of anything down there. But he said something. Have... He said the Rogue Valley. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because I did a little bit of research. And Juan, I would love to like talk to you more about this, but um, a sanitarium is, it's interesting because those kind of like popped up throughout the Rogue Valley in the areas and just throughout the state, they were kind of like popular in different, uh, at different like levels. Like there was one in Jacksonville, mm. there was one in Ashland. So I think in terms of like a a creepy old like state hospital that could be what he was talking about like a little bigger or a, a higher level care but also there were like just houses that were built that they turned into like wellness places which is kind of what hmm. sanitariums could be like there like i said there's one in jacksonville that is now like a bed and breakfast there's oh. one in ashland there's so there there, I think, is a difference between that or maybe it was just, you know, the they weren't as big as like a big state hospital because this, of course, led me down. Like I did some research. I couldn't find a lot about it on Reddit. Okay. So whatever one, wherever he looked, good job. I couldn't find anything. I did outreach on Facebook with a group I'm on. And I had several people comment about the place in Jacksonville and Ashland. Interesting. But... I have a theory that possibly the location that Juan is talking about is in the Rogue Valley. I found out from some people where it might be, and I'm I'm not sure if I should say, but I do know that... Don't tell us where it's at yet. Maybe we okay. should check this place out with Juan. <laughs> see, anyway, see it led me down some rabbit holes, but then I also realized that we should just talk about our state hospital or we have we have had a few I think in like the Portland area but they opened up one kind of an infamous one in Salem which by the way okay. is still open so I thought we could kind of dive into a little bit about let's the history do it because I don't know our, much about it so I'm excited yeah well it's called the old you know it's called the Oregon State Hospital but some people call it the old state hospital so I went down the rabbit hole with our state hospital. It had been suggested before by a listener. So I'm kind of glad that oh, that one sent the email, which kind of got us thinking about whether or not we should do the state hospital. And I thought it's considered by some one of the most haunted places in Oregon. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Nice. So, um... It was kind of a branch of some other hospitals that had opened in the Portland area. And then in 1883, they opened one in Salem. Salem's our capital here in Oregon. Yes. And the style of the building or the model of the building was called the Kirkbride. He was a doctor, I think, from like the East Coast. And at this point in time, a lot of people felt like you know, the styles of the building and the way that they set up the care for people were very, like, people were starting to understand that the environment that, that patients lived in really created the ability for people to recover. Okay. Like, it really impacted their recovery. 
So his model, the Kirkbright model, was stylized with wings and a lot of windows for, like, natural light. Okay. He wanted and believed that the environment of the building should be attractive. So this building was actually placed in sort of an elevated area in Salem. And at that point, it was more in the country back Mm. in 1883. It was about three miles from the town of Salem. It's still a functioning hospital right now. Okay. But what's interesting is people were sent there... For, like, ailments that were not, like, totally treatable in regular hospitals at the time, which were, like, there's, like, I I read, like, a list of ailments. Like, someone could be sent there for alcoholism. Someone could be sent there for, like, an STD. or um, (laughs) You stubbed your toe. So, (laughs) like, it was, like, anything that wasn't, like, a standard ailment in 18, the late 1800s, you could be sent to the state hospital. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. So, as you can imagine, people were sent there for a lot of reasons that now we would like never even think about putting someone in like this type of an institution. Hmm. It is the oldest operating site in the state. And at one point at like the height of it, cause it became, they opened it in the 1800s and then it started expanding obviously as they were like putting more people in there yeah. for different reasons, or maybe thinking this place would be a good facility and let's try to, at one point there were, um, over 1,100 patients there. Wow. From the ages of 8 to 86. So they had like a children's area there. Insane. They expanded like the wings of it and built on. So this hospital has, you know, imagine its history. And it was known for doing procedures that we've all heard about, right? Like, lobotomies oh, wow. and um electric shock therapy yes okay and, yeah on the flip side there were things like hydrotherapy which we now know is that water is very calming mm-hmm. and i don't know if you've watched that series on netflix ratchet uh nurse ratchet right okay no it's i just haven't. ratchet but yeah it's, I've she heard about i'm it. like so what you see in that in that show is very like similar to what was going on and of course we all know we've seen photos we know what was going on and and I really don't think that there was ill intent necessarily behind the way but I also think that there probably was to some extent which brings me um to the story did you know that One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest was filmed at this hospital? I did know that, actually. That is insane. So we can, we actually can go back and watch that movie and see what we're yes. talking about here. And yeah. is Ratchet based off of the nurse in that movie, right? I think her name what? Because I, I, I just watched this movie for the first time the other <gasps> night. Kidding. I had never seen it. Oh, see, I had to watch it it in high school in psychology class, actually. I'd never seen it. I did not know. It was filmed in 1975 in an area of that hospital. It won five Academy Awards. I think Jack Nicholson won the Academy Award for it, right? I think he probably did. He, it was Best Picture that year. I don't know what all the other awards were, but I did do a little bit of research on it. Um, Like the superintendent was 
in the the movie he had like stipulations about okay and i want to say some of the people in that movie were actual patients is that right that was one of the stipulations with them being able to film on the actual campus and on the actual in the actual hospital was that they represent the patients in a humane way and they also wanted the patients to be in it so yeah it it was a really good movie. Like, there were several times my daughter had just watched it, and I knew it was on Netflix for free. And I was like, yeah, I guess I should watch it if we're going to be talking about mm-hmm. the hospital. And there were several times where I was kind of bored. And, you know, there are things in it that are really outdated, mm-hmm. like from the 70s, things that are viewpoints that we wouldn't really put in movies. And they kind of... Uh, anyway, but... yeah. For the most part, it was a really, even now, it was a really good movie. And it and as I'm looking at photos of the hospital, I'm like, oh my gosh, I think that part was in the movie, like hmm. of the photos. So crazy. Um, what's I'm going to just kind of give you some highlights of what's happened in the hospital and why it may be like a hot spot for hauntings awesome. right? or even just for our imagination, right? Like whether or not the hospital's haunted, because I'll tell you, I've lived in other places where there are state hospitals, one in particular where we just moved from in Michigan and the state hospital there, no joke, was like almost visually the same as this hospital. The same exact story. Like the doctors come in, they built, they understand that the experience of like, and the environment for the patients is what can help heal them. They have farm animals. They, the buildings are built the same way and then they're closed down. It ends up abandoned. Exactly. And they turn them into apartment buildings that are haunted. Yeah. Like literally this is what happened in Michigan where we were just living and the hospitals, someone came in they remodeled them. They've turned them into stores, into restaurants, into apartments, and they're beautiful. The buildings are, you know, they're being um, revitalized, but there's all this history and stories and energy. Can, there's energy yeah, there, man. You can tour the tunnel system because they all have tunnel systems because they've moved the the patients from during the cold weather. They would move them through the tunnels. They would move the dead bodies. Oh, like, wow. So there's a lot of history Same thing with our Salem Hospital. A lot of, like, maybe inhumane procedures being done. Like, we would never do these procedures now. Lobotomies left people not quite in vegetative states, but basically useless, right? Like, the procedure does not work, didn't work, but they were doing it. They were doing insulin injections for people that would put them into seizures and then supposedly calm them down. Wow. And also they had um, completed like eugenics. So they were like sterilizing (gasps) patients there. They sterilized over 2,600 people in that hospital. That's insane. Yeah, so if you imagine the energy and a lot of people died there. That maybe weren't supposed to be there in the first place. Exactly. People would admit them for having, like, dementia or having things that we would know not to institutionalize someone for. And they, if the family didn't have enough money and the person died there, 
they would not claim them because they wouldn't know. So there was a, a cemetery on site also, which I'll lead into that in a second. Huh. So one of the other major things that happened in the building or happened was in 1942, there was a mass poisoning there. During the war, they took a lot of their um, staff and the staff left to went to go and help with the war. And so who was left to work in the kitchen? The Maybe patients? people that weren't, <laughs> weren't really like the best qualified. And so when, you know, you're scrambling some eggs up for dinner for the patients, I can't remember how many patients they had to cook for, maybe 500 at the time. The cook gave the keys to his staff member who you weren't supposed to do that. The staff member goes down into the wrong room and grabs the powder that's actually roach color. Oh, no. Brings it back up, and the cook mixes it in with the scrambled eggs. That was on purpose, man. That that wasn't a mistake. <laughs> so, needless to say, 47 people died. Oh, no. There's a lot of, like, I read some description of what it was like to, like, after the first bite, you could feel the effects. <gasps> and what happened was, like, your lips would get numb your face would become numb. You couldn't stand up. It was excruciating pain. Some people were vomiting blood. Ugh. One nurse had taken like a little bite of it and she knew something was wrong with the food and she stopped all of her patients on that ward from eating any of it. And she essentially saved their lives, but she almost died from it. From her one little nibble. Ill. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, so that was very interesting. But the next part that's kind of interesting to me is that I told you how there was a cemetery with, you know, patients that had died that maybe were claimed, maybe not claimed. Well, at some point they needed more room, so they dug up the cemetery. They cremated the bodies. They put them into little copper cans. The copper cans were put into this area. Then that area got damaged by water. Mm -hmm. And the labels on the copper cans got ruined. And so there, there's all these stories about these copper cans of these cremated you know, patients from the hospital. And, and at some point, like a state representative, a politician was touring the hospital and I think this was in the 2000s. And he happened to peer into a, a room in the basement or somewhere that was like dilapidated. And he sees these copper cans and he's like, what the hell what? are these copper cans? And between this and lawsuits and rumors, the hospital was completely like revamped they got I think that was a complete overturning of staff okay they rebuilt some of the buildings they demolished some and these copper cans are now in like an area that you can go and like they actually created like a room for Aww, them to honor good. but they have tried to figure out I think also like who are these remains can we get them to the families there have been ceremonies now that where they've honored these because if you think about what I just said like if a family didn't have money to come and claim the body yeah if someone had no family 
Then their, their remains were uprooted from the ground and cremated. There was a crematory on site. Creepy. So here's all these, like, disturbances of... Yeah. Um, I want to also mention, for the sake of resourcing where I got all of my material, the Oregonian... I guess did some pretty extensive editorials on this, which also launched a lot of maybe like the investigations oh, good. and the lawsuits and they had a part in all of that. And also there are some amazing photos from the Oregonian uh, of the state hospital. Oh, good. I don't know that I'm going to be able to post any of them because of, you know, copyright stuff, but you can get online and look at really beautiful photos of the hospital, the architecture. Hmm. There is also a museum that they've opened up with 4,000 artifacts. Oh. Um, and it's important because the museum, like, honors the history of mental health yeah. Provi- you know, what we, how we treated our mentally ill, essentially. Jeez, like, look how far we've come. Like, exactly. But also how far we need to go. Yeah. Um, so it's list, you know, mentioned as it's sort of the history of the treatment of the mentally ill, the progression we've made, but still what is needed. Mm-hmm. I mean, I work in this field, so I'm particularly like drawn to all of this. Yeah. I know that there has been like really inhumane treatment of people throughout all of our history. And there still is like, I still cringe when I, there's such a stigma for people with mental illness, Mm -hmm. such a misunderstanding, lack of funding, lack of resources. I could go off, but I want to go to this museum at some point. Sure. So interesting. I think the story of how, you know, it doesn't it doesn't sound different than any other story I've heard from any other state hospital. I know in the 80s, funding was really cut for the state hospitals, and a lot of them closed their doors, mm. and the people living in the hospitals were left in the communities to sort of live in the communities, and the idea is that... You know, we do know that people tend to to recover better when they're in their community, when they are living in their own home, when they're... But if we want to talk about why there is an influx of, like, the mentally ill in our, in our prisons and on our streets, we could probably really date it back to the 80s wow. and some changes that a particular president made during that time. But that's a whole nother, like, podcast. Yeah. Anyway, there are state hospitals in probably every state Mm -hmm. with stories like this, but these state hospitals are beautiful and they do really represent the history of how we've treated our mentally ill. And anyway, I'm, I'm happy to say that there are, you know, that there is this area now for this, these copper cans um, but there are still, they, they said a thousand unla- uh, unlocated corpses somewhere <gasps> on the property. Wow. Okay. So the conditions of this hospital, obviously, the wrongful deaths, inhumane procedures, disturbed and moved remains, of course, lead us to believe just, and just the building itself, there is, I believe, still like unused areas of the old part of the building, like where the movie was um, one flew Mm. over the cuckoo's nest was filmed. I don't think anybody uses it. I believe it's still there. It's just not being used. There's the newer parts now, but people go in there. They do ghost investigations. Apparently they do. 
Yeah, you can see people have reported apparitions, shadowy apparitions, temperature changes, spirits of children that morph into like adult. Oh, you, wow. Like, the things that have been reported on the campus, in the building, EVPs, EMFs, orbs, people have reported being touched. Everything. There's tunnels that have people report things in. So, man, how do we supposed, get in there, girl? I know. Supposedly, I don't know if they. If they do tours, but I know in Michigan you could tour and, you know, they knew that it could bring like, it's like people want to go tour it. They kind of, you know, capitalized on that. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. You could definitely go to the museum. I hope when I'm up in the area. Let's do it. After COVID, we need to do like a field trip. Yeah. But I just, I think Juan kind of started us off on this information idea of like the state hospitals and what were in the area and the sanitariums and the concept that you know your environment impacts your ability to recover and yeah and I think that there were good intentions behind um, some of it but you know what they mentioned is and maybe we can end with this is as in the movie there was an abuse of power. Mm-hmm. And that's what the nurse represented, right? That's what the yes. institution represented was an abuse of power against those, the, the patients there. Yeah. Um, I don't think any of them had ill intent. I never felt like the nurse, Nurse Ratchet, had ill intent. I think she really believed in what she was doing. And she really felt that the schedule had to be perfect. Okay. And they had to have these procedures and... This was the way they ran the hospital because it kept people at that point in time. That's all they knew. Right. But you could see that she was rigid the whole time. He's like, let's go to the baseball game. Let's go. Let's listen to the game. Let's go on a field trip. Let's go, like, see if these other things. And and she was very rigid okay. and it, and very much into her position of power and i think that's what's happened in the hospital setting like because of that people have been mistreated because of that people yeah have suffered in these hospitals and that's what creates maybe these scary creepy environments that yeah. we all want to go and tour For right? sure. because, <laughs> so anyway that's that's what i found out um again i want to say that there's some great information that was awesome i'm so glad you looked into it man yeah i'm i loved our state hospital where we were in michigan like it was beautiful we drove by it was like the fact that they took the building and revamped it mm-hmm. and made it beautiful and people were willing to invest in it and keep the history alive and honor, like, the intention behind it. Yeah. And also honor that people probably had suffered and, and hopefully we don't go back to that place again, right? Hopefully we, not. We learn how to treat people with you know, respect and dignity. Yeah. But anyway, um, which kind of takes us back to go and get your vote ballots. (laughs) I want to tie this into the election. But as you were saying, the abuse of power and where we've come, like I couldn't help but take myself back to the election and, and, and and where we're at in this day and age. And, uh, (laughs) yeah, without, you know, like we said, this isn't a political podcast. We're not going to, put our viewpoints out there. We just want you, we want everyone to vote. And, uh, but thank you so much for 
researching into this. Juan definitely led us into this, and we want to hear his <laughs> next story. I definitely yeah. want to continue to think about this uh, place down in the Rogue Valley that, like, who's who's out there watching this place like what what's all that about man like what yeah what, what could that be that truck i know and yeah i think i'm really interested i need to go buy some stickers kim yes oh i amazon I have stickers i have stickers because i used to use them for my cards that i would make you so have I'm a start totally into stickers you have a start so okay, you so need to go you... get it get your album I'm going to get my album. Get on Amazon. It's very easy to order them on Amazon. Type in stickers okay. and there's so many on there. Get a pack. There's like And I'm going to make you some clippings for some plants. I'll put some in water. So awesome. Get some Yay. Okay. All right. Well, till we meet again, Christine. I'm so glad <laughs> no. we did this. It's This was fun. It was totally fun. So, okay. I can't wait for the next time. Thank you for listening, everyone. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. <laughs>